On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, men and women with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests as they left they made the cleanse. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, Were it times cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith is healed. Today I looked oh, my back, eyes sorry. to heavens. And count my blessings. <laughs> I think of all. Yeah, my um, I, I forgot. To put, I didn't put a blank screen there because I. <laughs> yep. All right. So you're just gonna see the end of that for a while. Don't forget to say thank you. The Jewish law pronounced lepers unclean. They were not fit to enter into the tabernacle. They were not fit to enter the temple and worship. They were not even fit to live with their family members anymore. They were condemned to live outside the city. And as they lived outside the city, the law required them to tear their clothes as a sign of extreme sorrow. They also had to have their faces covered, and they had to cry out whenever somebody came near them. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people knew to avoid them. These ten men were in need. They came to Jesus and asked what, that he heal them, that he touch their bodies and give them relief. Jesus touched them and made them whole again. Jesus, then they continued on their way when one man realized that he was clean. And he ran back to Jesus and he stopped at his feet and he said, thank you. What's interesting is, is that Jesus doesn't say, you're welcome. Jesus doesn't say, that's okay. Jesus' response is more on those who were unthankful at the time. Jesus' response was more about those who had forgot to say thank you, that ten of them had gone away, one came back, and he focused on the nine that forgot to say thank you. And so as we think about Thanksgiving, let's remember to say thank you to those who are important to us, those who have helped us, those who have been part of our life, and most importantly, the things that God has done for us and thanking him. Thanksgiving is a praise shown to God for what he has done. Not if and when he does anything, but for what he continues to do in our life. Thanksgiving is also a special time to be with friends and our family, to fellowship with those who are dear to us, and a time to reach out to those who maybe are a little less fortunate or maybe don't have anyone to be with on Thanksgiving. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in Plymouth less than a year after the colonists had settled. The first dreadful winter in Massachusetts had killed about half the members of the colony. New hope arose in the summer of 1621. The settlers expected a good corn harvest, despite poor crops of peas, wheat, and barley earlier in the year. Thus, in early autumn, Governor William Bedford arranged a harvest festival to give thanks to God for the progress the colony had made. The festival lasted three days. The men of Plymouth shot ducks, geese, well, were you there? You're showing them how to do all this? And they got, yep. <laughs> and they got turkey. 
The menu also included clams, eel, lobster, and other fish, wild plums and leeks, cornbread, and watercress. The women of the settlement supervised the cooking over outdoor fires. About 90 Native Americans also attended the festival. They brought five deer to add to the feast. Everyone ate outdoors at large tables and enjoyed games and fellowship. Similar harvest Thanksgivings were held in Plymouth during the next several years, but no traditional date was ever set. The custom of Thanksgiving Day spread from Plymouth to other New England colonies during the Revolutionary War. Eight special days of thanks were observed for victories and for being saved from dangers. In 1789, President George Washington issued a general proclamation naming November 26th the day of national thanksgiving. This was only a one-time event, and for many years we had no regular national thanksgiving day. President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the last Thursday of November 1863 as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our our beneficent father. (laughs) Each year afterward, for 75 years, our presidents would proclaim that Thanksgiving Day would be celebrated on the last Thursday of November. In 1939, FDR set it one week earlier. Then in 1941, Congress passed legislation naming the fourth Thursday of November as Thanksgiving Day, making it a legal federal holiday. So as we prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving tomorrow, what are the things that we are thankful for? Now you can go to that video. Today I lift my eyes to the heavens and count my blessings. I think of all my needs that were met today. The clothes on my back. A place to lie down tonight. Nothing miraculous or earth-shattering. Just the small things that help keep me going day after day. Thank you, God. I have food on my table. Help to get me through the day. Good memories I've shared. All the beauty that makes life special. Thank you, God. I'm blessed by what I can see and touch. What I can feel in the moment. But Lord, you transcend feelings and moments. You sacrificed your life so I could see beyond what's under my feet and over my head. (sighs) Thank you, God. That kind of love keeps my heart free. During seasons where peace is hard to come by, even when I can't see or touch a blessing, I know I can close my eyes and say, thank you, God. I've I've lost a lot this year. Things I worked hard for. Dreams I was sure were going to come true. People I never wanted to say goodbye to. I walked a hard path of trial and pain and despair. But I never walked it alone. Even now, I can say thank you, God. Because no matter what is set before me, dark valleys or green pastures, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, I'll dwell with you in your house forever. So I just want to stop and tell you, thank you, God. 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 It's really a human tendency for us to forget to say thank you. We get so busy and so wrapped up in life, and we just get through the motions, and people just help us, and we help people. 
that it becomes very easy to just go through all that and forget to say thank you. The lepers stood before Jesus. They cried out for help. They cried out to have him clean them, and he did. And so they just went on their way. So many of us would do the same thing. But we need to remember to say thank you. We need to remember to give thanks and praise for the things that God has done for us. It's, it's easy to, to forget to say thank you when we have plenty, when things are going well, when, when we have enough food to eat and the lights come on every day and, and all the different things we, we want, we have available to us. But it's in those times where we need to remember to be humble and serve God so that we give him the praise and the thanks for what he's done for us so that we can then be the people who go and share with those who are important in our lives and those who have helped us along the way in our lives to to be able to say thank you to them so they know that they have impacted us in some way and that what they've done has been important to us. It's easy to forget to say thank you. It's easy to, to not always show that gratefulness. But when we do... When we do forget, we know that there is a God who still loves us and still accepts us. And we have several, several examples in the Bible of, of God who still loves us and is still there for us. Do you remember the story, the parable of the prodigal son? This son wanted to leave home. He wanted to go out into the world. He wanted to have his money and go make his name in the world around him. He was ready to move forward. And so he asked his father for his share of inheritance even though he should have waited until his father's death and then taken his share, he wanted it now while he was young so that he could go out and have a good time and, and get started. Of course, it doesn't take long, and he squanders all of his money. He was all alone, without a place to live, without food, without money, and when that money disappears, all the friends disappear as well. He found himself tending pigs as a hired hand, and there it occurred to him that his father's servants lived even better than he did. And so he went back to ask for forgiveness of his father and ask to just be a servant in the house. But he finds more than that. In Luke chapter 15, verses 20 to 24, we read the account of him being reunited with his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, it's very interesting, he doesn't respond to his son at all, but he, but, he, but he moves right past that like his son didn't say anything. The father said to his servants, quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a, fe- a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. They began to celebrate. The parable illustrates God's willingness to forgive us, to grant us salvation, to continue to work in our life, even at times when we turn our back on him and we walk away from the things that we know. He is still there waiting and watching for us. Some of the things always pointed out in this parable is the fact that the son saw him coming a long distance off, or the father saw his son coming from a long distance off. He had been waiting and waiting for him to return. And so even though his son was ungrateful, even though the son really was disrespectful to his father in this sense, 
the Father still restored him, forgave him. And that's what we see with God who forgives us of our sins, who forgives us when we wander and forgives us when we walk away. He's there for us when we come back. And that was the reason why he sent Jesus to die for us, to rise again on the third day so that we can place him in our life and we can have that grateful spirit inside of us. Salvation is essential to thanksgiving, for without salvation, thanksgiving really is hollow and empty. It doesn't mean as much when we can't identify the source of life, the source of all the blessings we have, if we can't identify who all that comes from as being God, the creator of the universe, then it's hollow. So let us not forget to say thank you to God today. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Colossians three fifteen to 17. <laughs> Got it? You back, Heather? Okay. <laughs> the peace of Christ must control your hearts, a peace into which you are called in one body, and be thankful people. The word of Christ must live in you richly, teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. As we get ready to to express that thanks, we, of course, experience that together through through the sharing of communion, through the time where we, we remember and we take the body, the bread that was broken for us, and we take that as a reminder of, of, his, of his body that was broken, that was beaten so that we can have salvation, so that we can have, so we can have the reminder of what we have to be grateful for. And then we'll, you'll take that piece and you'll dip it into the juice. And the juice is the reminder of the blood that was shed for us, that was given to us so that we could have salvation, that through Jesus' blood and through his body, we are able to be reconnected with God and and so our thanks no longer have to be hollow, but we know the source of life and we know the source of where all the good things come for us. And so we celebrate communion together as we close. But let me say a word of prayer first. Almighty and everlasting God, we bow before you today with adoration and hearts full of thanksgiving. We are thankful for your help during times of trouble, for your grace during times of need, for your healing during times of sickness, for your guidance during times of confusion. Throughout this last year, we have been through many ups and downs. We've had times to celebrate. We've had times to mourn. And you've been there all along the way with us. You have guarded us and you have guided us even at times when we're unaware of your presence. And so we thank you today. We thank you for salvation that is ours. We thank you for that renewed relationship we have with you. We thank you for the ways that you bless us. We thank you for the things that we can see, how you're working in our life. And and more importantly, we thank you for the times that we're unaware of your protection and your guidance in our lives. We lift up before us tonight, especially those who are sick, those who are financially struggling, those who just have a huge amount of stress and anxiety in their life, those who need your wisdom and guidance, and so much more tonight. We remember before, before you tonight 
those families who are maybe celebrating their first holiday without a loved one. And we pray especially your compassion, your love to be around them during this time as they celebrate Thanksgiving. They remember the ones not able to be there, but they're fully present together. And so we just pray that they will feel your comfort during this time. Lord, we we even think of, of those who aren't able to be with their families. We think of Steve being, being across, across the world, away from his family. And we just pray a special blessing on the Kibler family as they celebrate Thanksgiving while, while Steve is, is, is doing the work of the military, is protecting the freedoms that we enjoy in our country. And so we pray that you watch over them during this time. And we pray for that special moment. I'm sure they already have it set up where they will be able to, to at least talk to him tomorrow during the day sometime. Lord, we pray for your blessings and your comfort. We pray that you bring cheerful hearts, that as we celebrate Thanksgiving, we remember all the great ways you have served, all the great ways you have worked, all the great ways you have provided, just like those original pilgrims who celebrated how you brought them out of something tragic and you help bless them to be able to sustain we celebrate another year of sustaining we celebrate another year of of you being lord of our life and you providing for us lord in the year ahead help us to be better neighbors help us to be better friends help us to be better family members lord help us to be better members of the sunrise family Help us to be more responsible members of our community. Help us to serve wherever you call us to serve in the ways that you have gifted us and talented us to ser- and given us talent to serve. Help us to know that you are with us. And even if it's into some unsure waters for us, that you go before us and you give us the strength and the courage to follow through to do all that you want us to do. We just thank you so much for your love, Father. We thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so what I'd like you to do is come this way, and you'll come and you'll take the bread. And remember, the bread is the body of Christ that was broken for you. You'll take that bread and you'll dip it into the juice, remembering the juice represents the blood of Christ that was shed for you. So that way on Thanksgiving we can have salvation and we can be especially thankful for all the ways God has blessed us and all the things that he's brought us through in the last year. And we're just going to have it be kind of a a quiet time. When you're ready, you can come forward and and partake. Once I've seen that everyone has come through who's going to take communion, um, then I will close us with a benediction.
prayer. May this closing benediction be for you. O merciful God, with us, be with us as we leave here this evening. In all our ways, let us be confident of your presence. When we are discouraged, give us hope. When we are tired, help us to find new strength. When we are afraid, restore our confidence in your power and your purpose for our lives. May we serve you, O God, by being your people, in service to all who need us, and enjoy for your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming tonight. If I could have a few young volunteers blow out some candles, that would be helpful. Otherwise, feel free to hang out until...